0: Welcome to episode 23 of More Than Just Maps. I'm your host, Ollie Powers. This podcast was created with the intent to help anyone in the GIS field get from where they are now to where they want to be, be that your first job, a career move, or just improving your GIS game overall. On this week's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Toby Soto of Soto Media and GISSuccess.com. Toby got his start in the industry through surveying and drafting while at the city of Riverside, California. It was there this cool new thing called GIS was starting to take off, and Toby jumped in with both feet. His career eventually led him to the county level and several other cities, and all that without a four-year degree. We chat about how networking is key for promotions and finding your next job, and he even gives us some tips for introverts. And now for part one of my interview with Toby Soto. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Toby Soto of Soto Media. You might know him better from GISSuccess.com. Welcome, Toby.
1: Hey, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Been uh, looking forward to this.
0: Yeah, we've been trying to get you on here since actually last year. So I'm glad this this finally happened.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know it's been you know quite a year. Uh, 2020 was just kind of a a show. Let's just yeah. put it that way. You know. <laughs>
0: That's a nice uh, way of putting it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're gonna keep it PG, you know. yeah. Um,
0: so let's let's dive in. So, um, how did you get started in in GIS in the first place? Let's let's go back to to where it all began.
1: Where it all began. It's uh, it's kind of an interesting story. Um, my family background is all in engineering and land surveying, so I've always been accustomed to having maps around the house and, you know, survey equipment and things like that. But, you know, never really had any major interest in in any of that type of uh, stuff. And um, having it around the house a lot and then, you know, the family has the background in it, you just kind of end up like diving into civil engineering. And so, you know, during high school and my summers and spring breaks, I would go to work with my dad and, you know, he would show me how to erase you know, ink off of mylars and practice my my lettering and uh, make copies and all that kind of stuff that you would do you know as a, as a little rug rat and um, so that's how I kind of like got into civil engineering and drafting and so when um, when it was time to go to college I was like all right I'm going into civil engineering this is what I'm going to do and um, I thought I was going to be really great and load up on a bunch of courses and get out of college early. But uh tell, I hate to say that my first semester, I failed. I bombed out. I actually burnt out and quit college. And oh, so wow. yeah. So, you know, my parents were like, well, you gotta do something. You know, if you're not going to college, you know, you gotta get a job. So I was lucky enough to um, get a job with the company that my dad worked for, the civil engineering company. And so I started drafting. I started, you know, doing the, the drafting work there. And then, uh, one of the summers I was, uh, a journeyman, uh, for their, their survey crew. And so I learned about land surveying and that was probably the funnest job I ever had just going out in the, in the, uh, field and beating hubs in the ground and doing level runs and transits and things like that. And that was, that was a lot of fun, but I learned a lot from that. But, um, over time though, you know, with the economy, you know, civil engineering is just up and down and it's like, you know, we've gone through this road so many times with the family where it's like your recession hits and then dad loses a job and you're struggling. And I'm like, I don't want want to do this. And then at about that same time, uh, the economy was, was tanking. And so this was like the late eighties, early nineties. And so, uh, I got laid off, and I'm like, "Oh, great! You know, what am I?" Which is do? the best so, feeling in the world. <laughs> yeah, you know. So I'm like, "Well, at least I still lived at home." And uh, so I'm like, "Well, I guess I'll just have to go to college a little bit more," you know, because I was I was going back full, you know, part time. Uh, okay. Taking those failed courses. Yeah. Uh, and also taking engineering courses, and which kind of like you know kept me motivated. And so I just started going back to school full time and um, started taking my general ed. And there was a uh, internship opening at the, it's called the Local Agency Formation Commission. That's with the County of Riverside. Basically that company or that section of the county, that department, they maintain uh, the annexations for all the cities within the county. And so they had these paper maps and, my laws that they were trying to maintain all these annexations to all these cities and so i had legal description uh experience so they hired me to start drafting all these city annexations and so probably about two months in they're like you know the county's got this program it's called gis have you ever heard of it i'm like no i've never heard of gis <laughs> you know i have autocad background and and all that but and they're like well they said that you know they would teach you how to use it in return we get these like really nice paper maps so you want to do that i'm like yeah sure i'll do that why not sounds like you fun know, a... <laughs> yeah so you know so I just kind of fell into it so you know, i remember going over to the county building and you know there's these guys in the basement and it's super dark and they got these big giant terminals and it's all like green screen and and they just taught me how to um to use ArcInfo, info. And I thought, Oh my God, this is the worst program in the world. <laughs> I hated it. I hated it. You know,
0: Definitely not what it was or what it is today.
1: <laughs> no, not even close. And so, you know, I'm learning Kogo and yeah. learning how to do, you know, traverses and closures and all this kind of stuff on, on the system and create these, these maps for the, uh, for Lafco. And so just over time, um, you know, a full-time position opened up and back then they were called engineering techs. There was no such thing as GIS specialists or GIS analysts. And so I got hired. So I was like, Oh, sweet. You know, now I got my full-time job doing GIS and, you know, going in parcels and center lines. So you
0: had you finished school yet or you were still just doing part-time? No,
1: still doing part-time, you know, school. And, um, so, uh, I did transfer to a four-year uh, at the time, too, so I ended up with my associate's degree and transferred to a four-year, but um, so I worked my way up, you know, in the uh, the system there for a few years, and then my boss, my supervisor there, left and went to city of Anaheim, and um, he was like the lone GIS person there. He was gonna gonna be the GIS manager. And so after the first year there, he uh, pulled me and another person over to Anaheim to help implement GIS for the city out of their public utilities department. So that's where I really cut my teeth into GIS because at that time ArcMap eight came out, and so okay. I really dug into ArcObjects and customizing ArcMap with extensions and
0: yeah, doing a little, auto bit, a little better than um, ArcInfo.
1: Eh? Yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> quite the leap, you know, because it was you know their first Windows-based program, you know, mm-hmm. in ArcInfo. So there was a lot of bugs to be had, and SDE had just come out. And, I was it map objects as well? And so there's huge learning curve, but it was a really fascinating time because you got to play with all this new technology and you just started making things happen. And, you know, staff was actually able to use a web browser to to view GIS information that you've been holding back, you know, <laughs> just producing maps to show them, you know. Yeah. So it was a really exciting time and I really enjoyed it. And that's that's really where my GIS flourished was there with anaheim that's really like the the basic you know story of behind how i got into gis that's
0: pretty cool um so you didn't go the traditional of like hey okay i mean a lot of people i talk to myself included go to school for something else and then find gis at school and then switch to that and you just found it through work which is another awesome way to get into the industry. Uh, And I like that. And it's, it's good to show that people you you don't necessarily have to, I mean, it's great to have an education, something, but you can still learn it on the job and do just be just as successful with it as anybody else.
1: Yeah. And you know what? Something that probably a lot of people don't know. I don't have a four year degree. Ah, I never finished my four year degree and never have a master's. You know, I took a couple extension courses for what I needed for programming and uh, I ended up getting married and having kids and that took over my life. And so, <laughs> you know, but I just had the work ethic to keep pushing myself to the next level, you know?
0: So would you say that, I know a lot of people will be like, go to school, get your degree, that'll help you. and That'll open the doors. Did you find that it, it was harder for you to get positions because you didn't have a four-year degree?
1: No. And here's the reason why is because, GIS was so early that, you know, they really didn't know what they needed or what they wanted. And so they would just kind of copy the same job description from the next county over the next city over. And there really wasn't a degree, you fact, know, that was specific still doing that. GIS, you know? So, you know, you may have like, you know, preferred degree in planning or preferred degree in, Uh, engineering, you know, and surveying, and so but I had just enough experience that you know I would bypass the HR and and get in,
0: you know, nice okay. So it's definitely possible. I mean, they're still copying um job descriptions from other (laughs) other places, nobody makes up their own. Um, and they'll put then they're definitely still putting degrees that have nothing to do with GIS on it, yeah. Um, so but it's definitely possible if, if you can get your foot in the door somewhere and get enough experience and show that that you're good enough you don't necessarily need that degree.
1: But here's the other key too though. I mean just because you do a great job doesn't mean that you're gonna have the possibility of getting a promotion or or finding another job in another city. The other key too is networking. You know being involved in GIS through user groups and Uh, through different organizations and nonprofits and, you know, presenting uh, at conferences and things like that, getting out, getting yourself out there and networking really helps because every job that I applied for half the panel already knew. And so if you don't think that that's an advantage, well, it's a huge advantage because maybe some of the things that you forgot to mention in your interview they already know in the back of their head, oh yeah, he does this and this and this. So, you know, it kind of fills those gaps, um, you know, when you're trying to put your best foot forward in the interviews. And so, you know, having that clout, having um, the people there that, that support you and know who you are, you know, just makes it that much easier to, to get that other job.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure it also helps with just nerves, like ha- knowing the people that you're interviewing with makes the e- interview itself so much easier. Yeah. The best interviews I've had is when, hey, I actually know almost everybody in the room. And it's, you're not, at that point, you're not in an interview. You're just, you're just having fun with people. Right.
1: (laughs) You might come out with a a job. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh yeah, you want to know my background. I'm sorry. I forgot to (laughs) tell you.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, we should tell you this. (laughs) Uh,
1: So yeah. So, you know, it's doable, but again, it's, you know, it's really important to network. It's really important to get yourself out there get people to know who you are and what you do, you know, and that they can read you like, okay, you are a go-getter. You, you are someone who, you know, makes things happen and understands the technology, understands the, the purpose and the business need. And uh, that's the kind of person we need, you know? So I just happen to be at the right place at the right time, you know, for certain interviews and those positions.
0: So what would you say for, I think it's easier said than done to actually go out and network. Um, if you're if you're an extrovert person, naturally, that's probably a lot easier. What if you're more of an introvert person, but it's still important to go out and network? Um, what Do you have any advice for, for people who don't necessarily want to just put themselves all out there?
1: Sure. You know, like I know now with COVID, it's a little bit different because everything's kind of online. But, you know, when we used to have in-person meetups and things like that, you didn't have to go out, actually go up and present, but even like during the breaks or before and after the the, the meetups, um, if there's somebody that is of interest to you and you're interested in the things that they've done, just go up to them and talk to them. You know, you're not talking to the, to the whole group, you know, you're just having a one-on-one conversation with that person. And, and most of the time, you know, the groups will, will go out to lunch afterwards and, you know, go with the group and just kind of, kind of mingle in and, and listen, you know, you don't always have to talk, but, you know, just listen to what's going on, be present and, you know, just try to, to make contact with some of those people that, that are of interest to you because, you know, most of the people are very willing to give you information you know to share their knowledge there's very few that i've met along the way that are like coveting everything that they've learned you know those people are are probably more insecure but they're themselves but most everyone i know have always been like yeah let me help you that try this try that you know talk to this person you know go go over here for that resource you know it's it's, it's always been like an open book you know when finally reach out to those people.
0: Yeah, so, and that's the big thing that I've also noticed in the GIS community is there's so many people who are willing to help you. you. Call up somebody that you know works there, say, this is my problem. Can you help me? Either, yes, they can. No, I don't know. But here's somebody I know that can help you. And they will help you along the way. Um, everybody's just really, really wants the industry itself as a whole to be strong. I, th- I feel like part of that is because there's some professions that don't view GIS still as a real um profession itself um and this is going to go back to your earlier days if you talk to people who are actually land surveyors a lot of them don't think <laughs> this
1: is its own thing yet still yeah, yeah yeah no that is funny uh that is a very clicky group you know yeah uh, the surveyors and um and then the funny thing is, at the County of Riverside, that that's where GIS started. Was in the, the survey department. You know, yeah. we had licensed land surveyors that were overseeing. You know, GIS. You know, that was really important that they were they were licensed land surveyors. So, but yeah, it's you'll find your clicky groups. You know, that's oh. uh, surveyors definitely won't go
0: through. Not to to bash on surveyors by this. Point.
1: No, no, I mean, no. It's, okay. it's just it's just funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean those guys love, like to have a good time, you know? you know, it's, it's, there's, there's few that, that take it really seriously, you know, and try to covet everything that they have and don't believe what you're doing is valid. So they start getting into the, well, what's the accuracy of it? Well, you know, is it okay if it's just, you know, a couple tenths of a foot off, you know, on the map. Yeah. <laughs> You're not building. You're not doing as-built off this stuff. You know? No, building, <laughs> you know, curb and gutter and stuff off of it. Yeah. So. Yeah,
0: and there's and there's there's a time, like you're just saying, there's a time and place for that. Um, and there's a time and place for for GIS and getting the information out there in a way that people can digest and make decisions off of. Um, versus here's a a survey, which most people look at and be like, I don't know what I'm looking at.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much, Toby. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. Join us again in a couple of weeks for part two, where we talk about the difference between government and consulting work, starting your own blog, the importance of leadership support, and learning leadership skills as early as you can.